National League Grounded. I'm Coach Brian Willie, and my co-host here is Coach John Kesslering. We've established over the last few weeks a website, igfootballcoach.com, where our goal is to grow a community of coaching excellence. In addition to this growing of excellence, another endeavor that we would like to explore is a podcast, a podcast that we are going to be conducting on a weekly basis, hopefully producing one podcast a week to go along with our articles on our website. You'll be hearing from a variety of different coaches from not only the high school level, but also the college level from not only the upper Midwest, but also from around the nation. We hope that these coaches can provide a lot of insight for you that you can learn from, grow from, and also implement into your own systems. Before we get started with our first guest, which will be Coach Adam Fisher from Farmington High School in Farmington, Minnesota, I want to give you a little bit of background by the two co-hosts that you're going to be hearing a lot from. me, my name is Brian Willie. Uh, I currently am the offensive coordinator and offensive line coach at Fairmont High School. This is my third year in the district. Um, prior to this, I spent three years uh, as an assistant football coach at the Redwood Valley School District in Redwood Falls, Minnesota. And then also prior to that, I spent three years coaching on the Gustavus Adolphus College football staff, which is a, a small D3 college in St. Peter, Minnesota. And my name is John Kesselring. I'm currently the quarterbacks and secondary coach here at Fairmont, Minnesota in my first year here. Prior to moving to Minnesota, uh, my family and I uh, lived in southern Iowa where I was the head football coach for the Coon Rapids Baird Crusaders. So both of us are going to go back and forth um, throughout these podcasts and asking questions, and so you're going to hear a lot from both of us. But if you ever have any, any topics that, that interest you or, or people that you'd like us to seek out, please do not hesitate to contact us. We'll have our contact information here um, in the show links below. But let's, without further ado, let's get to our first uh, guest of Intentionally Grounded, and that is, again, Coach Adam Fisher. Okay, we're here with Coach Adam Fisher of Farmington High School. Coach, tell us a little bit about your background. Um, well, I'm in my third year here at Farmington, um, third year as a head coach here. I've uh, been kind of all over, grew up in South Dakota, uh, went to the University of South Dakota for college and did my undergrad there. Um, was Played for a year there and worked as a student assistant for a couple more years there and worked under some great people, kind of got my start coaching. Uh, working under Glenn Caruso, now head coach at St. Thomas, and um, he was a great mentor to me while I was in school there and really helped kind of formulate some opinions and different things for me. And from there, I moved down to the state of Virginia and was a young position coach moving down there and worked at Dinwiddie High School for uh, head coach Billy Mills down there and was his receiver coach for three years. Um, and then I kind of made a deal with my wife that if she followed me down to Virginia, we could go wherever she wanted for grad school, and she got into U of M. And so I started looking around for jobs up in Minnesota, and I was fortunate to find an offensive coordinator position at Irondale and had a great experience there working for head coach Ben Geisler. Um, only lasted one year there. We were able to do some pretty good things, and then I got my opportunity as a head coach at Fridley High School and spent five years there. So um, after five great years at Fridley, came to Farmington, which is where I'm at now. So kind of all over the place, and but it's been a great journey and a lot of fun. Really excited about what we got going on in Farmington right now. Coach, as you kind of elaborated on, you, you, you've been a lot of different places. Um, you know, what, what got you into coaching and, and maybe what other influences early on in your coaching career um, have had a big effect on you? Uh, for me, it was, you know, I grew up small town South Dakota, 
uh, three-sport athlete there and just had the opportunity to be in a small town to really be involved in every single activity. And I love the involvement, and I really love the relationships that I was able to form with, with my teammates and um, was something that, you know, in growing up with athletics, just something that I've always wanted to do all my life is just be a high school head football coach. And um, so from <clears throat> very early days, that's all I've wanted to do. You know, and growing up under the systems that I grew up in and in my small town uh, really kind of formulated a work ethic and a, a drive to, to know that I'm going to have to work hard to get results. And that's always helped me, you know, in moving on. And um, that's why those relationships and working with young people and trying to instill character and drive and helping them or using football as a game that can help them be successful later on in their life is really what has motivated me to, to pursue this passion that I have for coaching and teaching. Sure. Coach, what do you, uh, and you may have said this already before, I apologize for that, but what do you teach at Farmington? I'm a high school English teacher, so I'm ninth and 10th grade English. Um, I work with primarily ninth grade, but then I work with our at-risk students too, uh, at-risk ninth and 10th graders in a, a program we have called Bridges. Um, so, Language arts has been something I'm really passionate about. It kind of goes really well with, with football. I always find myself reading and, and reading about, you know, current coaching practices and trying to learn from the greats out there in college and NFL. And, and that love of literature carries over and something I'm very passionate about in the classroom as well and sharing and trying to find the life stories and trying to find a way that our high school kids can connect with literature. And, um, so those two have always gone hand in hand for me. And, you know, I love teaching as, uh, I'm just in love with teaching and every day enjoy it just as much as I do coaching. So very fortunate to have that position here at, at the high school. That's great. That's, that's great to hear that. Um, so we'll kind of take now a, a little bit of a turn and we'll start talking a little bit about some, some more, you know, X's and O's scheme type stuff. And um, one of the things that you've kind of had a hallmark for so far in your career is, you know, producing some offenses that have put up some really good numbers. If you had to describe for um, our listeners who've never seen your offense before, how would you describe your offense and maybe your offensive philosophy? I mean, we're spread, no huddle, uh, shotgun you know, all the time. Um, you know, kind of based on the air raid, uh, Tony Franklin is the guy that, you know, he's down in middle Tennessee right now, but he's been all over the place that I've put a ton of time into studying. Our offense is kind of based around his. Um, you know, and we'll – I was fortunate that – and early on in my career when I got to Virginia, we started studying Tony Franklin and his spread system and um, really dove into everything that he does and how he does it and the detail that he puts into his system. And so, you know, our spread system will evolve and adapt to our personnel, um, you know, but it's built around our quarterback. We're a progression read team. Um, you know, we want to spread the ball around. And um, a big thing we try to hang our hat on is our screen game and playing fast with our tempo. You know, and then everything else kind of opens up around around those two things. Um, so that's kind of how I got to start and what our offense evolves from. Coach, and you kind of just hit at it a little bit, but as a play caller, maybe describe what you look for in, in opposing defenses and maybe what your call sheet looks like when you're organizing that on a Tuesday, Wednesday, as you get ready for game day. Um, yeah. And go into your philosophy on, on maybe what balance looks like to you. I think that's something we talk about a lot here is what is balance, you know, and we get a lot of different things. And what are your thoughts on that kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a big fan of balance. I want to be able to run the ball. Um, unfortunately, so far with the places I've been, uh, we haven't had the big offensive linemen where we can match up physically, which is 
why the spread has always kind of been our great equalizer. Um, and so for me, as I get ready to game plan, usually we're thinking about, okay, how can we kind of wear down these bigger, more athletic defensive linemen uh, that we're facing? And so with that, you know, I go into a game plan where first thing is, okay, how can we effectively run our screens? And we want to get a defense pursuing us sideline to sideline uh, to try to wear them down a little bit because then we know with our tempo that we can get our run game going. Um, and so we'll call screens in order to, and even if they don't work, we're going to continue to call them early in the game to try to set up things with our run game and different things that we want to do later in the game. And so everything's kind of built around that for us is we want to find, you know, as we're going creating our, our game plan for the week, it's how can we creatively install some screens and, and utilize our same terminology but maybe out of different formations. Um, you know, I, I'm a big formation guy and like to give defenses a different look. Uh, so I'll script out our first 10 plays, and oftentimes there will be 10 different formations. I want to see how they're going to line up, see if it matches up to what we've seen on film, and then try to find something that we like, and then we'll have something built in for each of those looks. Um, and that's kind of how we'll go about attacking a defense in-game. Um, you know, my call sheet, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff on there, but, you know, I want to make sure that I have stuff built in for each of our playmakers you know, so that I got plays for each of those. I touched on that I'll have a script in place uh, for our first 10. Um, but then situations, too. So I have my script of first down plays, third and short, third and medium, third and long, um, and then a, a section for red zone plays as well. Um, you know, so all of that is on there. Um, and it's kind of just finding what works. You know, I got our guys that work with me on the offense. You know, we're highlighting things. And if, if we have success, you know, we're – highlighting plays that are big gainers, you know, in that 10 to 15-yard range. And we want to make sure at halftime that we adjust and, and make sure that we're coming back to those plays quite a bit in the second half. Um, so that's kind of what we try to do, you know, in, in how we game plan, how we prepare, um, you know, as as well as Mac And with our screen game, we want to make sure that we have a couple different protections in, you know, for as much as we throw it. Uh, you know, we have to have an answer for every type of, of blitz, you know, that we think a team can throw at us, and so we'll have that scripted in. Um, you know, and then from there, we hope that we can kind of match the impo- opponent physically early on, and we think that by the time we get to the second half, our tempo and our, our game plan will just kind of fall into place then for us from there. Sure. Yes, that's awesome. And I'm going to bring you back to um, one of the points you had talked about with um, your, you know, your tempo and mm-hmm. and your um, your call sheet having different situations and, and things like that. Um, in terms of like your practice structure throughout the week, um, how do you typically practice those situations? And, and at the same time, how do you practice your tempo? Do you is that part of what your identity is? And you guys, everything you do is up tempo. Are you are you a hand signal team? Yeah. Are you a board team? What, what, give us a little bit more information about that. Uh, we do we do a lot of signaling. Um, we also wear wristbands, so we try to vary the tempo, and that's something that is evolving, and we're still trying to get better at. That we want to control the tempo. That doesn't mean playing necessarily as fast as we possibly can for the entire game. Um, that might mean you know having a good four minute offense where we can huddle a little bit, um, but then if we have a you know hit a good play five or more yards, then we're going, you know, and we'll signal in, and we have our one word concepts and. You know, and we're going to go as fast as we can um, at that at that point. Uh, for practice for us, I mean, everything is scripted out, and everything's chunked into five-minute segments. Um, and so what we try to do is we highlight a couple different periods 
uh, where we want to go as fast as humanly possible. Um, and so setting those up, that, those situations are probably in, in four play chunks. Um, and so we're going good on good in those situations, and we only do that for, you know, about ten minutes. Um, but we get a bunch of plays in, and it's four plays as fast as we can go with the ones, and then the second group would come in, and they're going to run the same four plays, and that's going as fast as they can go. Um, now, everything in practice is still we want to be going fast, and we're coaching on the fly, and, you know, we're not stopping ever to really pause and, and coach. Um, so everything we do is coaching on the run and coaching off the film. Um, but there's only certain probably a couple 10-minute chunks in there that we're going at our absolute fastest that we can go. Um, so that's kind of how it's set up for us, um, where we have we signal in and we have our one-word plays and our wristbands. So we got kind of got three different tempos within our no-huddle system. Yep. Um, so with, with their tempo, um, one of the things that uh, I was interested in when you were ex- explaining um, the tempo was that um, think about it from the, like, the perspective of like a quarterback or, or your players. Would when, when you're installing this tempo and when you're going fast in practice, uh, how much like demand is that on the players and how receptive are they to it? Is it a system that they pick up rather quickly or is it something that you have to constantly be patient with and come back to? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's something we're constantly harping on, but I think our guys really embrace it. Uh, to be honest, the thing that we struggle most with is slowing it down and huddling. That's the that's the part that I mean, we don't really look great at it because our guys, you know, we don't spend a ton of time huddling in practice. Um, we talk about, hey, this is kind of what we'll do, and we, you know, we'll practice it a couple times, but it takes so much time and steals reps from us that we don't, you know, I don't like practicing that way. Um, you know, and so – that's probably the bigger thing that we have to work on is, okay, how do we huddle? How do we break a huddle? How then from the huddle do we sprint to the line and still, you know, run our play? Um, as far as, you know, our no huddle stuff, it's what we're always doing, you know, no matter what, you know, from June 1st on that we want to get to the line and we want to run the play. You know, now when we're going through the summer, a lot of it is on wristbands, and so the kids just look down and it tells them what to do. But as we're doing that, we're building in those one – those one word concepts too. So if that makes sense, we're kind of, they're learning it um, through the wristband. So they're kind of learning both of those tempos at the same time, Um, you know, and we don't have as many plays with our one word concepts. And so the kids do pretty good with it. And to be honest, they want to play fast. When we practice that way and we get to the game, they want to play fast because they can feel the defense kind of getting on their heels and, and not being able to line up and, you know, see the confusion sometimes on a defense. And, and so, they want to go. You know, they're like, Coach, let's go. Get us to play as fast as you can, and we're ready to roll. So the kids love it, you know, to be honest. Coach, traditionally, you, you guys have had some very, very good quarterbacks, both the Irondale and Fridley both. Um, you know, what kind of what's your secret there, and, and what do you ask your quarterbacks to do in, in your passing game that has been very successful? And, and maybe elaborate a little bit on what your passing game looks like for our listeners um, is it a vertical passing game? Are you a lot of mesh stuff? You know, you've, you've hit on the screen game quite a bit. Um, you know, wh- what does your passing game look like, and and how do you get your quarterbacks to perform at such a high level no matter where you've been? Sure. Well, I've been blessed with some special kids, first off. I mean, um, at everywhere I've been, starting in Virginia, even as a receiver coach, you know, our quarterback down there, um, when I left three years after being there, he had – he held every major passing record in the state of Virginia. Um, and so it, you know, it takes a special kid first off, but really what we're looking for, what I'm looking for is a kid that, you know, can, can be a great leader. 
you know, and, and then we formulate our offense around that kid. If, if we get the guy that's going to be a great leader and a great competitor, you know, we feel like we can put concepts around him to be successful. Um, you know, they have to be, they have to be football savvy. Uh, we put a lot on their plate, you know, and, and letting them make different checks and do different things like that. Uh, but they learn the concepts and that's how we teach it. You know, like right now there's a little bit coming into Farmington. We, there's a little struggle or maybe a little disconnect with, I'm not a big playbook guy. Uh, I don't like to have a playbook and I don't like to have my quarterback study a playbook. Um, I'm a big believer in, in giving them our four or five word concept and then having them learn that. And when they can repeat that concept back to me, then we'll start drawing stuff up on the board. Um, sure. So that's how I've always taught my quarterbacks is that they need to know the concept first because no matter what the formation, the concept is going to stay the same. Um, and so that allows us that we get a ton of variety in what it looks like in terms of things to the defense, but we're running our same concept out of, you know, multiple formations. And the kids that we've had have been able to do that. Now at Irondale, we had uh, Tim Caldwell who could really run the ball, um, and that was a lot of fun that he could really open it up with his legs you know, and open up some down-the-field stuff for us uh, based on what he could do with his legs. Um, you know, and he was able to put together a tremendous senior year in just being all-around. I think he set the rec- school record for, you know, all-purpose yards and, and touchdowns when I was there. Um, and at Fridley, we had a kid who was a solid runner, but he was more just a tough competitor, um, and he was really accurate. He didn't have a big arm, but he was really accurate and was a great decision-maker, you know, and so we ran a lot of quick game around him. Um, and would get the defense to kind of tighten up, and then we could take those shots. Um, and, and the big thing, you know, that I think is often overlooked in our offense is that I don't need a quarterback that can throw the ball 60 yards. I need a guy that can get rid of it quick. And so everything is very timing-based and progression-based that, you know, on that third step of their drop, the ball should be out of their hands. Um, you know, and then at Farmington, I was fortunate to have Cole Hendrickson for, for two years, and, you know, he holds every passing record here now. Um, you know, and so I've been blessed with great kids, and then a product of the system that we're able to put around them, they're able to really excel. Um, you know, and with Cole, we did a lot of RPO stuff, and, you know, with his, he was just, he was a real student of the game, and mentally, you know, was just unbelievable with everything that he could grasp. We could put, by the time his senior year, we could put anything new in on Monday, and he'd be ready to roll, you know, by Tuesday with it. And so we were fortunate where we could really do some exotic stuff with him. So each one's been a little different, um, you know, and we formulate the offense around them. Um, and so that's kind of what we go off of. Now at Farmington, I mean, our biggest and best concept, and it started with Cole, you know, is we're going to be a four vertical and five vertical team, um, you know, that we want to stretch the field and we want to be aggressive. Really our best play is we go five wide and, and we're going to run all verticals, you know, and it puts a ton of pressure on the quarterback but he stands in there, and if he's willing to do that, you know, we feel like we can find an open man, and, and we, we're going to see what the defense wants to do against that because it's pretty tough to match up to. Um, and then we'll build our other concepts off of off of our five vertical game. How, how do you teach your guys to read coverages? Um, I mean, we're looking for the open grass. Um, and so, you know, we'll, we'll go through and teach them, uh, you know, what a coverage looks like. But honestly, we, we don't spend a ton of time on that because – what we see, you know, we don't see a ton of spread teams, and so every defense is a little bit different of what they're going to throw at us. And so, again, it's all progression-based of, okay, if I'm going high, my high route, is there grass there? You know, and so if the corner's bailing in that grass, now they're going down to their second progression. 
you know, and that, you know, maybe that's the mesh coming across. Well, if there's a man in that, in that window, now I'm going to my third progression of, you know, swinging it to the back. And so it's all progression based in trying to find the grass and the defense. Um, we'll spend some time going through, you know, what cover two is going to be and what cover three is going to be and, you know, how that differs from just straight man and cover one and zero and, you know, all of those things cover four. But honestly, it's really where's their grass? Pre-snap, where's the grass? What are you thinking? Okay, and then as you take that first step in your drop, is that matching up to what you were anticipating? You know, and by your second, third step, the ball's got to be out. You know, and so that's how we teach everything to our quarterbacks. Um, is really all comes down to them really having a full understanding of that concept, of what the concept is for that particular drop back play. Yeah, I mean it's it's something that's definitely not you know, a lot of you know football maybe purists would say is traditional. I mean the idea of having a quarterback. Uh, be your field general and being able to dissect coverage and know where to go with the ball. I mean, that's becoming a little bit of a, a moot point now with all these different systems that are coming in, including yours. So it's good to hear about, you know, the way that you have things structured. Um, the next question that we're going to focus on is, is more, you know, a program building and more of a philosophical approach to things. But you've taken over two programs that had been struggling in, in varying degrees until your arrival, and then you've progressively built them up. And so the question that I have for you is, is what attracted you about these jobs? Like, how does a coach go about building a program and turning it around? You know, it's, it's, it all comes back to me with where I started in Virginia. Um, I was fortunate to work for an unbelievable head coach in Billy Mills down there, and um, he took a chance on a couple of young coaches and took over a program. He had had success, but he went to a program that had won – I think three games in, in three years and kind of sold us on a vision. And we were able to get, you know, some kids, some very talented kids to buy into what we were selling and, you know, saw it. We won three games my first year. We went eight and two, got upset in the first round of the playoffs my second year. And by my third year, we we're playing the state championship. And so what we did there is, you know, what I take with me to every place that I go. And it's really about having a belief and having a vision of where you want to take the program, and it's having that strong mission statement and how you're going to make that happen, and then selling that to the kids. You know, and it takes the kids buying into it for anything to work. And with that, I mean, you have to instill, you know, those strong core values and a lot of discipline, you know, especially coming into programs that have struggled. You know, that's usually what is lacking. And it's, you know, getting into the weight room. It's making sure that everybody is on board with that same mission statement and vision of what we're trying to accomplish and and you know what i learned in my first three years there has you know come with me everywhere i've been and that's what i enjoy you know the guys at fridley have done an awesome job since i've left of carrying on the program and i and i knew there was a ton of talent there when i left and i wanted to leave fridley in a better place than where it was when i got there and there's no doubt you know i was really proud my staff at fridley stayed and my defense coordinator took over and they have propelled it to the next level. I think they've made the state the last three years. You know, and so that is a testament to the program, not just to me, but to all the coaches and all the kids and everybody that has bought into it. And it's it's the same thing here at Farmington, that you come in here and there's great staff in place and the kids are excited and the community is hungry and you sell them on your vision of it. And then you, you know, make sure you hold them accountable to, to living up to those standards and and, you know, there's no secret to that. It's it's hard work and grinding away and, and then, you know, just holding people accountable. And then those kids, you know, it, it just happens because the kids are working hard and believing in it and good things come your way. So 
that's you know that's what I love. I just love seeing kids work and grow and develop. And to me, that's what high school athletics are all about. Coaches, you talk about that growth and development and, and that hard work. At least from where we're at in southern Minnesota, um, your strength and conditioning program is second to none. And even um, when I was in southern Iowa, I followed Farmington strength and conditioning for quite some time. Um, what what makes it you know it is I think it is special. It looks special. And what and what makes it look like it is a, a well-oiled machine, and and what areas do you do you guys think that you're improving on and still need to work on? Um, you know, we're very very fortunate. This is the first place that I've ever had a strength coach. Uh, coach Scott Meyer does an unbelievable job with making sure that we have the most current and up to date type of training program in place. And, and Coach Wyant, my special teams coordinator, you know, in the PE department is unbelievable as well. Um, you know, and so those credit to those guys, first and foremost, that they have unbelievable program in place and, you know, they do a great job of, of coaching. And I think the biggest thing that has set us apart now is that when I came here, I mean, I knew that the strength program was going to be our lifeline. That was going to be the way that we were able to turn things around. And so it's just been, that's my expectation is that if you're a football player, you're going to lift, you know, and it's kind of carried over where I want that competitiveness. I want that competitive environment. And that's something I really, you know, brought with me from Fridley and, and from Virginia. And Coach Myers really just latched onto that. And it's that's what's really helped us create the culture is we turn it into something that we're competing in everything that we do. And now it's just a part of our, not just the football culture here at Farmington, but our whole athletic culture. You know, and that is what is, is really special that if you want to be an athlete in Farmington, that you're going to compete in the weight room. You know, and, that, and now the kids, now they police themselves. You know, the first year that I was here, we, we had to say, hey, this is what we're going to do in here. This is how we're going to do it. And if you can't live up to that, then there are going to be consequences. But now we're at a point, you know, just finishing year three, that the kids police themselves. And they're getting after it. They're, they're competing like crazy. You know, and when you build that type of environment, then it's, it's fun. And the kids want to come and they want to get better and they want to break records. You know, and, and that was the biggest thing coming in is we had, you know, Gavin Bassett, who's at uh, – as at Army right now, and he was a freak in the weight room, and he was unbelievable. But what I told our kids is, guys, that, that's one guy that's unbelievable. We want to have, you know, 11. We want to have 22. We want to have guys like that, and that's just through hard work. And the next year we had, you know, five or six guys that were there. And then, you know, this coming year we're going to have even more, and we're going to have probably 11 guys that are where he was at strength-wise. And that's what it is that kids start seeing, hey, if I work hard, I can see these great results. You know, and that's what I'm. That's the thing I'm selling big this year is anybody can be a great high school football player. You just have to want to work at it. Um, and so our community and our kids are buying into that. We're really fortunate. We got great administration here. One of the things that's a huge advantage for us is that our kids have. I think we offer eight different lifting classes, and so our in-season athletes get their workout in during the day, um, so that they can go then compete and be a basketball player, a hockey player, you know, a track guy a baseball guy, and they already got their list in. Um, so that's been incredible for us. Um, we're working really hard right now on, on being explosive. Uh, we, we spent a lot of time kind of studying how, you know, speed, straight-ahead speed was kind of our big focus for the first two years, and, and those numbers are increasing. And so now we're working on explosiveness and change of direction. Um, that's, the, that's our focus for this summer and this off offseason, um, and doing some things a little bit differently than just having – a stationary cone in your agility drills. We want our guys to be able to react 
and then, you know, change that direction at an extremely fast pace. And, and so, you know, we're always looking to get better, and we're definitely not there yet, but we're, def- we're also definitely heading in the right direction and, and becoming, you know, we'll get there to be a force to be reckoned with in the weight room. That's fantastic, Coach. There's a lot of good information there. Um, you know, as you talk about your weight room and your structure, how, how hard was it to sell that to your kids, um, you know, and, and other staff members who maybe don't see as much value and other coaches in the in the building, or, or maybe it wasn't a hard sell? Uh, year one, it was kind of tough to our players. You know, you get the kids that want to go lift at Lifetime or are going to lift with their club team or do all those types of things. And that just, you know, it wasn't the way that we're going to do things. you got to work in the weight room together. You form those bonds. You form those relationships. And that's when then you see that competitiveness come out and those numbers increase. Um, and I think after that first year, the kid just realized this is how we're going to do it, you know, and you're either on board or you're not. And then the kids that were doing it our way were seeing huge games and blowing people out of the water with their results. Um, you know, and we're fortunate our basketball programs – you know, are on board, and they're they're the biggest supporters of the weight room, both boys and girls, you know, and then our lacrosse teams, and, and those teams are having success, you know, and, and success, then everybody wants to be a part of that, you know, and so um, we're fortunate that good things have happened because of the hard work um, that our kids have put in, and our coaches have always been on board um, with pushing it, and you know, and I think just with a little bit of direction and holding kids accountable, we we feel like we got things rolling here now. That's great. I mean, you look at just the idea that a lot of the success is kind of breeding future success, and that's really yeah. an tribute to you as a hard-working organization, and that's it's great to hear those kind of stories. Um, uh, to close things up here, Coach, uh, something I kind of stole from uh, Coach Ron Mackey and his podcast, um, which is Talking Football, but he always likes to talk about some of the things that he's researching and things that he's reading about that are constantly trying to improve himself as a coach. Is there anything that you're right now you know, researching, reading about, that you're either hoping to grow from as a coach or maybe implement in the future? Well, I'm always looking to grow. I'm actually I'm taking a trip down to spring ball at the University of South Dakota here uh, next week. Um, I think their offensive coordinator, Coach Slofty, is, is one of the brightest minds in, in spread offense right now. And, he has his guys playing unbelievably fast and doing so out of a multitude of formations, which I haven't really seen before. Um, so I'm really intrigued by that. Uh, we're looking at kind of our off-tackle play, so we're looking at, you know, the differences between stretch and, and a pin-and-pull concept. So we've been looking a lot of that, and I've seen a lot of Coach Mackey's stuff on, on some of the pin-and-pull. Um, and then the last thing that I'm going to be looking heavily into as well is um, on Twitter I found uh, Coach Taylor – thing down in North Carolina is doing some stuff with his four and five vertical stuff that he calls open grass reads and kind of, you know, maybe some run and shoot type principles mixed in with that at vertical game. And I think that could help take us to the next level. Um, so, you know, we can't do too much football stuff right now. We can't do any football stuff. Um, but, you know, those are the things that come June 1st, I'm really excited to roll out and start practicing with our kids and see if we can pick that up and make that work for us. Uh, those are kind of the three big things. Yeah, Taylor's been a, I mean, a great resource to me as well. I mean, just getting this whole podcast and and blog up and running, he was a great resource just kind of explaining that to me. And we, we ended up talking football for another half hour. I mean, just some of his open grass read stuff is just – and it's intriguing stuff, and, you know, I'm reading about it and following his Twitter handle and, and yep. following his blog and stuff. I mean, he's a very innovative mind, and he's a great resource for anybody who wants to contact him. Yeah. Yeah, he's been unbelievable. I've reached out to him a couple of times as well, and 
gets back to you right away and has some great information. Um, you know that I think I think it's going to help take us to the next level around here. Well, Coach, we, we won't keep you any longer, and we appreciate your time and giving us uh, you know a good thirty minutes um, to talk football. And, and this is kind of a great time of the year to get coaches together. And um, you know, again, I keep, Brian and I can't thank you enough for for the last thirty minutes. We appreciate it. You know, guys, thanks so much for having me on. It just gets me excited too because I know. Uh, you know, anytime I can get together and talk some ball, I'm all in for it. So I appreciate everything you guys are doing. I'm excited to see how your website takes off and, and follow the future podcast. So thanks for having me. Again, coaches, that was Coach Adam Fisher from Farmington High School in Farmington, Minnesota. We want to thank Coach Fisher for all of his time and effort that went into going and producing this podcast. We couldn't have done it without him. Thank you for sharing his knowledge on the game, and we hope you got, as listeners, a lot out of the experience. Please again for future podcasts and also for our future blog, check us out at igfootballcoach.com.